Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag college football. Have you heard the talk about the nicknames given to you by some of the national media? I haven't. Mormon Manzil. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, you know, Johnny was a great player. I mean, I, I would love to be um, kind of more looked at as someone that that plays more within the offense. Um, someone that scrambles when it's necessary. I know there was a lot of his plays that were scrambling for no reason at all. I mean, he could have sat in the pocket and made some big plays. I mean, he was a heck of a player in college, but, you know, that was just because he was a great player, he could do it. And so, um, you know, I still got a lot of work to do to have that kind of nickname, though. Well, a couple things on uh, Zach Wilson right there, BYU quarterback on the Mormon Manziel nickname. Uh, PK, he certainly hasn't won as many games, thrown for as many yards, made as many highlight plays because he's just getting started. But the other thing he kind of acknowledges there without exactly saying it, but we know what he's talking about is if you want to play in the NFL, you've got to be better out of the pocket because you can't run around like that in the NFL. Yeah, I don't really see the similarities at all, actually. Maybe that's just me, but I don't, I don't see many similarities in their game i'd say it's off one highlight play in the usc game where he scrambled one way the other turned ran up the middle of the field and threw a pass for 30 yards i see that similarity no. but i'm with you on all the other plays i think it's just I mean, alliteration it's the two m's that's why if he was pentecostal or presbyterian it wouldn't have flown the hbo all access series Featuring college football teams, including ASU, Washington State, Florida, and Penn State. It's going to feature uh, the ASU-Utah game amongst their chronicling. So if you got HBO and you're looking around, you like the behind-the-scenes stuff, check that out. Have you seen much of the stuff on your Devils? Is it getting much of a reaction in uh, Arizona? Has any of it been out there yet? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything, and, you know, listening to talk radio. Uh, coming up next, we'll dissect the Cardinals' running game. Coming up next, can the Cardinals' defensive backs To be fair, the off. series debuts in October. Coming up next, we'll look at the Cardinals' special teams. <laughs> Coaching staff? It's just more publicity for Herm because, obviously, he's a name, and he's brought a ton of publicity. So from the publicity stake, which I, I think is the bigger issue here, that he has brought a ton of attention to the program that they wouldn't have gotten unless maybe Urban. I mean, there might be two or three coaches out there that could bring this type of attention to a place like Arizona State, which normally doesn't get that much attention. And Herm being having so many friends in the business and being so many welcome, so welcoming to doing interviews that he's brought attention and. It's so far so good, but if you look at it and what they think they can accomplish, they're still a long way from that, but they have brought a ton of attention. They have gotten some young guys into the program. They played 28 freshmen last week against Michigan State, so we'll know more in the next two to three years if this really has worked the way they desired. A diehard Iowa State fan who flashed a sign during the College Game Day show last week asking for donations to replenish his beer supply. He ended up with $36,000. He's going to donate the money to the University of Iowa uh, Stead Family Children's Hospital, the gag 
really taking off. And that's the uh, the University of Iowa Hospital. Is that the hospital that overlooks the stadium where Correct. they all show their yeah. phones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, location, location, location. Pays off for the hospital. We'll get a $36,000 donation. Good for them. Yeah, at least the money's going to something good. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Is this the end of Eli Manning or is this another phase? Uh, who knows? So, uh, you know, it's again, I'm not dying and the season's not over. So there's there's a lot, lot to be positive about, a lot to be grateful for, you know. And so I just got to, you know, kind of accept my new role and, and make the best of it. There's Eli Manning getting asked about being benched. They're going to go with the future. Daniel Jones and Eli will wait for either an injury that gets him back on the field, poor play from Jones that gets him back on the field, or he'll stand there on the sideline the rest of the season and then his contract will be up. And I assume he'll retire, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Guys in his position sometimes bounce around for a year or two or maybe just hangs him up. Got a gut feeling on which way this is going to go? Have we seen the last of Eli? I think as a starting quarterback, most likely, unless somebody picks him up uh, that just feels like they're a veteran quarterback away. But I can't think of any team that really jumps out at you right now. Maybe the Steelers, but would the Steelers look to make a move there? I mean, they want to try Mason Rudolph, right? He was a fairly high draft pick, was he not? Because I can remember Roethlisberger was all bent out of shape, basically, when they took him. So that team comes to mind with the injury to Roethlisberger. Uh, Drew Brees, six weeks, they're saying, right? I mean, if you can find whether uh, Bridgewater or even Taysom can just hold the water there and they can still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. So my thought would be that's it. But I don't really see this as a sad situation for Eli. I see it more as inevitable. And you're it happens to everyone. Yeah. yeah, you're 38 and you've won two Super Bowls. Really, how do you think this is going to trend? Yeah, he, Bra- Brady's the outlier. Yeah, and really Drew Brees too. 38. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, those two guys are over 40, right? Brees hit 40 yeah, last year, now. and and good for them. They don't, they don't really. It doesn't really happen. But you know, Troy Aikman was. Uh, no one considers Troy Aikman among the greatest of the great, but he was really, really good in the Hall of Famer and won multiple Super Bowls, and and he had to step aside, and so. It's just the natural evolution of pro athletes at some point. If it were up to me, you know, I would still have Jerry Sloan be 50 and the statues would be 25. But it it, it doesn't work that way. We don't have that magic wand. Yeah. Can't make that happen. Uh, The Saints, by the way, uh, are going to play both Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. And it seems like they'll just have to go here and see who produces and which way to go but not going to name a starter and Sean Payton will just try to figure it out on the fly based on how the game is going. Yeah well this is what Taysom Hill wanted all along right? I mean he wanted the shot at quarterback. He's done all these things we all know he's one of the most phenomenal athletes you'll ever see it's why I laugh and mock when he catches a pass. Whoop-de-doo I mean, he can do just about anything on that football field. You could put him at linebacker and safety and what have you. I mean, unless you put him at center and nose tackle, pretty much anything else he can do or kicks a 75-yard field goal, I expect him to be able to do and do well. But the jury's out on whether he can be a starting NFL quarterback. He needs the opportunity, and if he gets this opportunity, which we would all love for him to see, and I have no desire I'd see him fail, I'd just as soon see him succeed, and it would be awesome. But this might, this might be... Because I've always believed if you're good enough, you'll get a shot. And then it's up to you what you do once you get that shot. 
Well, it looks like about six weeks here while Breeze is out. Yeah. And then you can show what you've got. And even if they go back to Breeze, it goes back to the Eli Manning conversation. You know, Breeze has turned 40 now. How long, you know, can he possibly have left? So you wait your time. You know, there might be another injury that gets it done for you. He might have problems coming back. Who knows? Uh, Maybe age will get him at some point. But there's going to be a transition in New Orleans sooner or later. Do you realize Max Hall started in the NFL? Yeah. So he got a shot. Yeah, he started for the Cardinals. And the the one play I remember is him running the ball at the goal line and getting blasted right down there around the one-yard line. So if he got a shot, I think Taysom Hill deserves a shot. And that's not a knock on Max. It's just my point being that if you're in there, eventually you'll get a shot. And so we'll get to see if and when he gets this shot, if it's a real shot, if it's a series here or there. But I'm talking about playing an extensive amount of periods of whether it's a game, a half, or whatever it is, several series, to see what he can do. And it would be great. It would be, you know, I, I have to admit, based on his college career, I did not think he would be a starting NFL quarterback. But I have no problem if it comes to that point of saying I'm wrong. In fact, I'm rooting to be wrong. In the brief little bit we've seen him, it looks like he's progressed a lot since he left BYU. Great. So, is there how much more upside is there? I mean, Sean Payton said stuff. He's really high on him. So, I suspect there'll be uh, several series, and then if it goes well in the first game, maybe they build a little more into it for him. I think I think Bridgewater is at the point where he's a little more of a known quantity, and they're trying to figure out what they have in Taysom. So, and if not, then they can sign Kaepernick. Seems unlikely. There's plenty of teams out there with injured quarterbacks. His agent has reached out to multiple teams. Yeah. Yeah. In the best shape of his life. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. There's a swing and a fly ball into center. Drifting back. Pilar, he's under it. And he's got it. And that is the victory. Number 2,000 in the brilliant managerial career of Bruce Bochy. He is the 11th manager in the entire history of Major League Baseball to reach that plateau. Well, you were talking about 1999, PK, and it took one more day to get to 2000, and now he's got it. Asked about the milestone. Bochy told reporters, quote, I've been lucky. I've been blessed to have been doing this this long. That's what this means. Do you know what the other 10 managers have in common who have reached that plateau? Hall of Fame. Correct. There it is. Cooperstown. Hello. And when you throw three World Series titles on top of 2,000 wins, uh, hopefully he's already written the speech because it's coming. It's going to happen. Yeah, you'd think so. I was watching, uh, wasn't much on, so I was watching MLB Network last night, and they had, uh, I don't know, it's Harold and, and maybe Verducci, some of those guys that were on there. I can't remember. Plesak. And they were talking about how they don't necessarily think he's done. I think there's a team out there that's close that looks at him and says, you can push us over the finish line. Well, there's several teams that are very, very good. And can they do it with a new manager, one who obviously has a proven track record? If the Dodgers don't do it in the postseason this year, is that the call? Man, that's tough. Seven division <laughs> titles in a row. Now, I know. Dave Roberts didn't get all of those, but uh, I know. Uh, but when I started thinking, all right, who's a team that's won a lot that just can't quite get across the finish line? 
So well, that would be cool if he managed all the all California teams. California teams. National League West Up and teams. down the coast. <laughs> yeah. Did the San Diego thing for a while. He got them to the World Series. Got swept, but he got them there. And then he got San Francisco there and won three. He's 63 LA. years old. Who else Who else uh, do you think is close where that would make sense? Well, uh, there's some heat on Joe Madden in Chicago. Okay. So, you know, they still have a very good young nucleus, or young enough anyway, to where they should be competitive for the next few years. And in Washington, Philadelphia spent all this money, and it doesn't look like they're going to make the postseason. So that would be one that would jump to mind because they expected, with obviously Harper hit a home run last night, he only hits in the 250s, but he got over uh, 100 RBIs and all that stuff. So... Uh, that could be one. I mean, there's there's any number of teams. The Mets showed a little bit, and they faded. Uh, it took a while to get going, but then they, they got good. So, yeah, and I, any any number of teams. And it's baseball, and we've seen teams go. I mean, you look at Houston. They sucked for so long, and now they just, last night, they got their 100th win, which is their third consecutive time. They've got 100 wins, and I saw a graphic on that, and I think there's less than 10 teams in the history of the game who've had three consecutive 100-win seasons. They'd had one in the entire history of their franchise, and now the club's got three in a row. These yeah. are the good old days. Well, they really are. I mean, and they did it the right way. I wouldn't consider them a small market and all that stuff, but they did it the right way. We know they built from within, and then they make some nice trades, and Cole got over 300 strikeouts last night, and he's a an acquisition from Pittsburgh and obviously Verlander from the Tigers and away they go and they're one of the favorites I don't necessarily know that I would put them the ultimate favorite but certainly they should have a great opportunity to to go to the World Series again Cole won his 18th game did you see that clip just a bizarre moment where he wanted the new ball and he threw it in and then he glanced down and the ball came back to him and hit him in the face yeah that was weird I don't think I've seen that before Astros beat the Rangers 3-2 to pick up that win number 100. The Yankees were going for win number 100, but they lost, so they'll give it another run. It looks like it'll be Dodgers, Yankees, and and Astros will be the 300-win teams in baseball this year. Cardinals got a a boost in their... uh, as they try to lock down the National League Central, they beat the Nationals 5-1. The Cubs lost again. The Brewers lost to the Padres 2-1. So the Cardinals are three games up on the Cubs and the Brewers. And they got ten games to go now. So getting right down to it the last week and a half here. And the Cardinals uh, looking pretty good. All right, DJ and PK, there is what is trending. That's all the news. And it is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, 8 o'clock hour, Nick Romando, RSL goalkeeper, down to his last four games, getting ready to retire. Four games left in the regular season. Then We'll see what they do in the uh, postseason. We'll have that as well. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, back with us after USC loses to BYU. Now it's the Utes Friday night. We'll talk with Ryan Abraham about those two games. And PK with Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. Just... Just two guys from the South Bay hanging out talking football, right, PK? That's pretty much And Nick has a really good story. You know, he lost a brother here, and he wants to be a doctor. He's an offensive lineman, and uh, he's 
He's, how can I say this? He's talkative. He's got no problem expressing himself, and he does it very, very well. And he's an integral part of the offensive line and has been. He redshirted his first year. I think he was only 17 years old. And then he played a lot last year. And he got bugged because they said that uh, he he took a slight to where they lost. Uh, they only had two returning starting linemen. And he kept saying, well, wait a second. I had a bunch of playing experience last year. How come I'm not included in that? And so it really bugged him. And so he has a little chip on his shoulder not necessarily to, for this game, but just to prove himself constantly. And it's the kind of guy I like. All right, Nick Ford's coming up. Ute offensive lineman at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention. top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Major League Baseball, Oakland scratches out a run in the 11th inning to beat Kansas City 1-0. The A's fighting for that last wild card in the American League, and they pick up the win. For the A's, that is win number 92 on the year. College football tonight, Houston, Tulane. You can watch that game Thursday night football 6 o'clock on ESPN. In the NFL, Thursday night football is the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. That game's on the NFL Network. You can listen to it right here on the Zone Sports Network as well. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I got the high school games coming up. And by the way, just a a side thing. Big thanks to Jeremy Brunner for his work in the truck. Always enjoy it when he produces the game. Jeremy's a pro. Oh, I love it. Is that a shot at Adrian? And Damon, I feel like it was. And just so you know, just just a quick side nod here. I wish Jeremy could be my producer every day. (laughs) I make a comment, and it must be a shot at somebody. It must be. You looked right at Adrian when you were saying. I was talking TV. (laughs) I always get myself in trouble because of you guys. I did not say Jeremy does a great job on TV and Adrian sucks on radio. I did not say that. You did now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services at Master Electrical. We'll light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222, and we'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. All right, PK, the question of the morning, it's up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. It's a great local weekend of college football. Excellent matchups. Washington is at BYU. Can the Cougars beat a third straight Power 5 team? Could it possibly go to overtime for a third straight week? Conference opener, Utah and USC. Conference opener, Utah State at San Diego State. Can you get excited, excited for the state's sake, or do you only care about your team? Yeah. Now, before we get to all the reactions and we uh, maybe throw up a poll question or something, you always have the pulse of the people. Without, without trying to bias this too much, PK, what are the people going to say? Well, I think that first and foremost, obviously, you worry about your team. 
but I do think you should be enjoyed enjoying a little bit of success for the state's sake because we're still viewed as an outpost and we're not viewed at nationally as a big time football state and if you had three division one teams that were really good for the for the state's sake and for the reputation and you may say how does that help me you know that's the same argument how does it help me if the conference is good and i'm not good i I understand that and i do realize that it's easy for me to say it because i've spoken i think the best way i can put it is none of these teams are my teams but all these teams have my guys and my guys at this stage of my life matter more than my teams with the exception of one team, but other than that, my guys. And so I root for my guys, and all three of these coaches are my guys, known for many, many years, as we all have. So I'm rooting for them all to have success. And I do think that would bring some positive publicity, because these are three huge games. I don't know that we necessarily have ever had a weekend. I don't remember that stuff. That's more your thing. But this opportunity here, if they go 3-0, and those are all in their own sphere, big, big, huge games, obviously. And to, to, you know, you get in the Aztecs, which has been a premier team in the conference now for, what, five years? And we all know about that, and we all know about SC, and, and uh, Washington has ruled the Pac-12 to a good degree. So, yeah, you get this opportunity to send some really good football our way, it, from, from my perspective, but I guess from the individual fan perspective, you're probably not as excited about that. See, I think the fans probably fall into two groups. I think if you went to school X, whichever one, and uh, and you met and you met the eternal companion at school X, whatever it was, and now all your kids are going to that school, I get how you're locked in on that school and you don't really care about the other two. But there's so many families here, and you can probably go right through your religious neighborhood in Sandy, PK, and say, oh yeah, they went to this school. But the spouse went to this school or the kid went to that school. And then uh, Uncle Joe played over here at this school. And so there are a lot of families that have ties. And so I think for those people, it's pretty easy to slide into, hey, this is a pretty big weekend for the state. But when the whole family went to one school and you love to go to work or go to church or whatever and argue with somebody from the other school, those people aren't going to buy it. And they're going to put snide stuff up on our Facebook page and on Twitter. It's just going to happen. They're going to take their shots. Well, by eternal companion, do you mean my old lady? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure on that. Yeah. <laughs> Good work by you. I do think that the given the fact under these circumstances, you didn't even put in Weber in there. And when Weber gets into playoffs, I root my butt off for them because all these guys are our guys. And by our guys, I mean our state's guys. I mean, they're all our guys. They're all basically... They really are, yeah. They cut their teeth in our state. This is where they're from. This is where Gary Anderson returned. This is where Kyle Whittingham never left. And it's where Jay Hill and... Kalani, you know, I mean, they, they played here. They grew up here, essentially. And so there are say, guys. Yeah, if, if you're if you're new to the state, driving around, listening to the show, and you've lived here five years, and, you, you know, Jay Hill played at Utah, and now he's coaching at Weber State. Kalani played at BYU, coached at Utah, went back to BYU. We weren't here in the 80s. We were here in the 90s when those guys played. But Gary Anderson played at Utah in the 80s, and Kyle was playing at BYU in the 70s, and his dad was coaching there in the 70s. So the, the ties run pretty deep. But I, and I got to say, I think it's why the arrow's up on all these teams right now. They get it. They know 
they know the limitations. They know what the problems are. They've seen the solutions work other place, places. They're not trying to entirely reinvent the wheel. They put their own spin on things. But there's some basic stuff they just know that they don't have to come in and learn the hard way. And I think if you come in from out of state and you don't know some of the backstory, you will try to reinvent the wheel. And you will learn the hard way. And right now, these four teams are they're largely avoiding that. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And we've seen other guys from outside try to do it and not have success, particularly at Weber and uh, Utah, Utah State. State. And maybe the, our, the predecessors to Mac didn't understand it, but that, I, you know, that was way before I got here. So I'm rooting for all three because I think it, it, it draws good attention to the state. And I don't necessarily know. I'm not completely sold on what I'm about to say, but I think I can argue truth. I don't know that the individual team's success has that much effect on you. So if you're a BYU fan, I, I don't know necessarily that Utah's success is going to really impact you negatively. Uh, because I still think that you can be competitive. Your work maybe can be harder to do it, and you may lose a kid like Covey or Chase Hansen and whatnot. But I think that's, that's largely been the case for a good while. It's just that those two stand out because they're Utah County kids as opposed to just Latter-day Saint kids from wherever they might be. So... Uh, but I, but I'm a, I'm a little fuzzy on that. I don't, I don't believe in that completely, a hundred percent, to where I'm adamant that Utah's success has no bearing on BYU. I don't think that's one hundred percent the case. I think what I'm trying to say is, even if Utah has success, BYU can still have the success at their level that they're seeking. Now, that's two different levels now. The level of Utah's success is to win the conference to go to the Rose Bowl. BYU's success is to find ways to get to eight, nine wins, and if you should really put it together, a 10-win regular season. But given your schedule, what you're playing, historically that seems like that's very, very difficult because the seasons in which you got double-digit wins were largely built on lower Mountain West teams, lower WAC teams. So since you're playing five, six teams that are Power Fives, and for all practical purposes, I consider Boise State a Power Five, and Utah State is approaching that status a lot more than they used to be, for sure. So your schedule has gotten exponentially much more difficult so your level of success isn't as high as Utah's levels of success that you would consider that was a great season so within that framework if this makes sense I think Utah can still achieve what they want and BYU still has the opportunity to achieve what it wants too does that make sense yeah it does I think um yeah, I don't want to overplay the uh, impact that they can have on each other because it's you know you're mostly responsible for you, um, and if the other two suck and you're good, whichever one you are, uh, you can have a ton of success. But I do think, and I've and I've read some stuff, and you've probably seen it too, that. Uh, the people who follow recruiting or way into college football will do a stuff about how many. Um, 
how many D1 players you crank out per capita. You know, and so we acknowledge places like Florida, Texas, and California, these hotbeds for recruiting in high school football. But they started looking at per capita, and I've seen people who aren't from here write, enough, write stuff about, man, Utah football is really over-punching its weight, you know, out-punching its weight. And we hear the announcers, you know, glow about the stuff uh, when they come here and, you know, the views and the weather and the setting so spectacular. And it goes back to what you said about Herm Edwards in the last segment. It's, uh, you know, recruiting is so perception-based. So any of these things, whether it's a really good interview, this awesome scenic shot coming back from uh, a commercial break and, you know, the camera points into the stadium and everybody's in a frenzy because it's this big close game at the end and, you know, BYU's slugging it out with USC. Any of that stuff that changes the perception of a school or of a state to high school football players, whether they're in-state guys thinking about leaving or out-of-state guys thinking about coming here, you know, those things are all positives. And it's hard and we've talked to guys uh, who do the recruiting, and they're like, "What you know? Is this important? Is that important?" And they'll always tell you, "It depends on the kid. Different things are going to trigger different kids." But and anything that changes those perceptive perceptions that makes it easier for a coach to recruit, those are all big positives. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. That's but, the the lifeblood of the program. Ninety percent of oh, the deal sure. is. Oh yeah, you, you've got to have the horses. I don't care how good you are, you've got to have the horses. And Herm can be this and that, but he's got to have the horses. And Kyle can be the most secured coach, but he still needs the horses. I mean, that's just the the reality of it. You've got to get better players, and I think that's the key to Utah State's uh, rising success is better players. And now when guys make the pros off of Utah State, nobody really bats an eyelash, where before you might have been uh, in when they were in their dark dot times there 10, 15 years ago. And now we're expecting them. So you certainly have the horses. But I do think the rivalries go and run too strong. To It's just impossible now. Now more than ever. More than ever is it more difficult for BYU to root for Utah fans. And I'm speaking of their fans. And vice versa. Now more than ever. It has never been this large of a gap to where I hate you and you hate me. It's it's like RSL and Sporting KC. They hate us. We hate them. You know what I mean? I've heard that before. I have, <laughs> I have indeed heard that. I didn't know I hated them, but I guess <clears throat> well, I do. Well, it depends on who you are. I can tell you that for a few of the people, it really does run pretty deep. <laughs> oh, BYU-Utah? I've heard stories. Uh, no, I think Sporting <laughs> Kansas City and RSL, guys who've actually traded punches and really gone at it at the, at the core of the rivalry. But that's not what we're talking about right now. We can talk about that with Nick Romano, maybe. Uh, so he's coming up at 8 o'clock. So we've got some posts here, and I think some people are telling truths. I think one person tells a spectacular truth and really just gets right down to it. Um, James says, it's a great weekend of college football, no doubt. I'm cheering for all the Utah teams, the Utes included. So I don't know if he's a cougar or an Aggie, but he's finally decided he can. All right, the Utes included. Uh, John said, I'm happy for all the potentially good games. I didn't grow up out here, so I don't have any bias. I'm more of an SEC fan, but I do enjoy the Utah teams when they do well. Everybody loves a winner. Fill up the bandwagon. Colton says, Aggie's first for me. 
and I do like it when BYU wins as long as it's not against Utah or Utah State. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously you, you can't root for everybody if they're playing each other. I mean, somebody's got to lose. David says, I'm not that excited about the Pac-12, the former P5 conference, and BYU, less than that. The Aggies will win for sure. So David is not all about the state. David's about Utah State and he doesn't care about anything else. Yeah, I can't say anybody's going to win for sure. I don't for even know sure. that I could rank them. <clears throat> no. To who well, I, I think is going to win the most? The mo- who am I most sh- sure about? I don't know. I can't come out with one. Any of them could go south? I guess, well, you probably the most sure. I mean, if you gave somebody a 50% chance of winning and somebody a 60 and somebody a 70, I mean, somebody ought to be the most sure, even if there's still a considerable amount of doubt. Yeah, I think they can all be tied, though. I can have three-way dead heat, the rare three-way dead heat. There were three-way dead heat. I could see all three winning. I could see all three losing. That Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Vegas has them all less than a touchdown point spread in all three of those games. I think BYU is the big one because I think Washington is favored by six and a half. I think if I were to rank them, though, the, the one that I'm most assured would win would be the Aggies. They are, I think, four-point favorites. That's, I'm State. not standing firm on two feet on that one either. Yeah. Jamie says Utah's top 10. BYU's had two high-profile wins in a row, and Utah State has one of the best quarterbacks in the country. The only downer is that since BYU lost a game, their season's now meaningless. Okay, she's being sarcastic, I hope. I think. I think. I'm not positive. Because that think... ranks right there with among the dumbest takes we've ever had. That when they lose a game, what are they playing for? <laughs> that is that Of all the takes that we throw back and forth... I think that might be the number one that gets under my skin. Daniel says, I'm calling it now. This is a clean sweep for all three in-state teams. They're all winning. That would be awesome. I would love to see it, man. Seems unlikely given the point spreads in these games and how even we think these games are. Something's going to go wrong for one of them. Yeah, I wouldn't pick, if I had to pick, I wouldn't pick a three-game sweep. The games are just too close to think that all three are going to break the state's way. I don't know that I see that. I mean, it's very much possible, but I don't know that I see it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Someone's going to get beat. Yeah. If I'm a Utah fan and I'm going to get on the plane today to go down and cover the game for us, and I'm sure I'm going to see a bunch of Ute fans there because I always do when I get on the planes. I'm nervous about this game. I'm nervous for you because oh, yeah. I think right now SC is a wild card. I think they could galvanize or they could say the heck with it, and I'm not sure which way they're going to go. I think a lot of it comes down to somebody like your guy Nick Ford, your fellow South Bay guy. I think if the O-line gets out there and really is able to bully USC early in the game, that's when I can really see them melting down. If the O-line gets the upper hand, and you know how Kyle is, he'll be on the headsets, keep running it, this is awesome. <laughs> and if they get in that mode where they're just running it and running down SC's throat, I, I can everything that uh, Riley Jensen told us I think comes true. That somewhere late in the third quarter, USC is like, this is brutal. What are we doing here? But SC has an opportunity to throw for 300-some yards. They just have so much well, skill. Yeah. And that can keep you in the game. That can energize the crowd. 
So I don't know that I expect a beatdown because if I have a beatdown on offense, that's great. But in order for it to be a game beatdown, I've got to have a beatdown on defense too. And I'm wondering, this kid Slovis makes some adjustments here, gets in the film room, see what he did wrong. Is going? It looks like his future is extremely bright, and maybe it's it's not right now, but maybe he can make some adjustments there with this air raid and they have that ability and they learn from what they made and the mistakes that they made and the coverages that the Cougars gave them. And so they come out and they're really good because they've got guys who are most definitely going to play in the NFL and they can make plays. And so when you have playmakers, sometimes it can overcome the bad situations and you know, I was reading the 24-7 report and a guy who wrote the thing, I don't know who he is and what credibility he has, but he says he's been around. Although if you start telling me about your stature, that makes me wonder about your stature because a lot of times you're, if you have the stature, it speaks for itself. You don't have to tell anybody about it because they should already know it. But nevertheless, you know, he's talking about the the imminent firing of Helton and you look in the schedule and when do they have buys and could it be this week if there's a beatdown and the crowd starts booing and blah, 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 blah. And maybe that's all true. I don't know that that's the case. Uh, and maybe it'll come to pass. It looks like he's dead man walking at some point, whether it's now or down the road, because of the expectations. But I just wonder that for a game at home against suddenly when you're the underdog and you're SC and you've never been the underdog to Utah, even if you have, you don't believe you have, and that's half the battle, if they can come out and just be gangbusters. And it would not surprise me if that were the case. We'll give Rusty the last word here, and I think Rusty really is a truth teller. Uh, 100%. Rusty says, if the Utes win, and of course they play Friday night before everybody else, he says, if the Utes win, I'm cheering for everyone else to win too. But if the Utes lose, I will not be able to stand Cougar fans if they win. <laughs> I can buy so, that. I can too. I thought when I read that, I thought, Rusty's telling the truth right there. I can see that. Because the cool thing about it playing Friday night, then all you Ute fans, you get to relax. If you win, you get to relax. And then this weekend, you just sit back and watch the other conference games and just enjoy them with no pressure because you're 1-0, 4-0, and you're in the top 10, and you're moving up. So this would be a beautiful weekend for you if you win. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. So... This weekend, can you root for all the teams in the state, or are you just all about you and you hope the other guys just, you know, get shredded? Or you just don't care at all? Stinky Pear said, I used to cheer for all three teams, but after Dr. Chris Hill and other Utah administrators act slash hate for Mormons and BYU, I cheer exclusively for BYU. Also, the two Utah State fans I know are as annoying as hell. <laughs> Well, Stinky Pear is out. I, what uh, what hatred has Dr. Chris Hill had towards I don't Mormons know, but when I read it, the first thing I thought was not playing BYU 
uh, in football and then doubling down by not playing in basketball. Okay, but how is that hatred of Mormons, though? I, I can't. I don't know. I can't explain that for Stinky Pear. Stinky um, Pear, you've got to give me examples because you're basically you're throwing out. You're basically you're saying uh, bigotry, religious discrimination, those types of things. That's like throwing an accusation, racism at somebody. Uh, and I don't. I think you need to be careful with that. Uh, what What do you have that would suggest that Hill would uh, say that or do that? I mean, what? Just not playing somebody. I mean, that, yeah, that's I, not good enough. I know what you're getting at, and, and I agree, but I think that there was a lot of, uh, what's the word I want? Um, not venom or disgust, uh, but there, just a, there was a lot of negativity towards the youth over that and towards Larry Krasoviak. And yeah, but was that Crystal. religious based, though? That's my question. Well, I think that that goes back to, is BYU not getting into the Pac-12 religious based? I mean, well, it's the, the whole Crystal kind of nothing separating to do with that. away from you. Yeah, right. I don't I know. see that yeah, connection. He doesn't have any choice on who the Pac-12 invites or doesn't invite. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah, I don't see that connection. G-Man says if BYU could get into a P5, this would just be another weekend in September, October, or November. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Whole series of games. Because right now, BYU's big games are mostly in September. And the youth's big games are mostly in October and November. There's only a couple weeks a year where I think they're both playing what we would consider really big games. Uh, this is one of them. Eventually, Thanksgiving weekend will be uh, because they're going to have a whole series of Pac-12 games coming up with USC and Stanford. I think they've got like four years in a row where they're playing one or the other. Yeah, next year's November schedule is really good. DJB at Stonegate for me says... I'm in. Every game will be worth the watch. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. So he's on all that about it. Sure. Yeah. Hey, PK, Craig Hansen says hi. <laughs> Our Craig Hansen? Our Craig Hansen. Yes, he's now fist pumping. Tell him I've loved him and thank you. He loves you and thank you. <laughs> he just said, I put you two together. <laughs> So, so PK's headed out. He's near the airport because he's got a flight to catch right away to get to the uh, Utah-USC game. Pretty good trip for work, huh? You get to go to Southern California. We've got some folks here from Chase Media who are nodding going, well played, PK. Well played. You're going to be in the press box for the big game in I'm Southern California. Up, yeah, it's a fir- How's the weather going to be? Is it going to be okay? You're not going to get bad luck and hit a storm or something, are you? you don't, it never rains in Please. Southern California. Well, it actually does. <laughs> not in September. Not usually in September. You're right. I mean, you get to November, December, and those types of months maybe, but not now. All right. And so I'm down at a golf tournament. Chase Media has got a golf tournament here. They've got a lot of clients here. Uh, actually, I just saw some Channel 2 people, too. There's TV and radio people running around. they got clients here. We're at Fox Hollow, and they're getting ready to, uh, to get going here. Dave throws a wet blanket on this whole discussion. Dave, you're a downer. LOL. Pretending that anyone has a chance except for Alabama, Clemson, another SEC team, another team from Big Ten, Big 12, and Notre Dame. Nobody else matters. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. It's all about the playoff to Dave. If you're from that area, sure, yeah, but you're 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 spending trillions of dollars. We don't do that out here, uh, so yeah. But do you think two thirds of the SEC only cares about that? 
because they're not getting in either. I mean, I get Alabama, Georgia, LSU think they might get in. Well, yeah, and, you know, depending on the year, Florida, or Auburn think two thirds of every conference they're not getting. So yeah. that, that's what I say. That's why looking at BYU and they've lost a game, so now their season is meaningless. Well, you can say that about two thirds of the teams, if not more, in Division One football because they're going they're going to get out. They're not going to get out of September without a loss and would probably without a conference loss. Uh, so yeah, those teams over there. That, that you know the the handful of teams, and you can go look at athletic budgets, and they usually correspond that they're the ones who are playing for something different. The rest of us, if Utah wins the Rose Bowl, that's a phenomenal season, and I don't care what happens; it doesn't matter what happens, it, irregardless of what happens to anybody else. If they win the Rose Bowl on January one, about five thirty in the afternoon, that's a phenomenally successful season. This is the colleges, so it's not all or nothing as it may be in the pros. DJ PK, and we are joined now by Ben Craner. He's creative director for Chase Media. Now, people are going to say, what does a creative director do? <laughs> My wife asks that question yeah, every day. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I take meetings, eat free lunches. <laughs> no, I think really what it comes down, down to, most clients that we work with come to us with a the problem. They say, we want you to solve some kind of problem for us, and we try to do it in a way that... Um, that is not only creative, but drives the bottom line, holds see, accountability. You know, there's, you, lots of, there's lots of pieces to it. Do you see the same issues over and over? Or when people come in, is it always a new problem, a different? Oh, that's, that's why I love my gig, because it's different almost every day. Whether it's Cafe Rio coming to us and saying, you know what, we have this spicy pork, we want to start driving people into a new option. Or it's um, Traeger coming to us and saying, hey, we have some local influencers that aren't getting the traffic that they want on YouTube. What can we do to drive a million views? It's different every time. And that, um, I have a pretty short attention span. It's, sometimes it's a problem for me. But the truth is, I found the best gig ever because I, I, I can solve a problem in a day or two for a client help them figure out what to do with it, and then roll on to the next one. It's fantastic. So are you attacking, like, business plans and that kind of stuff, or are you helping with, like, crisis management when some companies really stepped in it? We've, we've done it all, to be honest. We, we prefer not to do the crisis <laughs> management. <laughs> when it's a hot skillet, I don't want to touch it. But um, there have been lots of times, actually, when, um, when a brand's kind of gotten themselves in trouble, that they need some advice and long-term strategy to get them out of it. Yeah, we, we do that. Now, you say you have the best job ever. But let's be clear, you're the one whose face lit up when you heard PK got a, is getting on an airplane Absolutely. right at the end of the show and flying down to the USC game. We have, we have a couple of clients that are in the Tustin, Irvine, Southern California, Orange County area, and man. That's we, USC country, big it time. It sure for- is. <laughs> we fight over who gets to go down and visit them. It's fantastic. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all morning long. Chase Media's got the golf tournament going here, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.